morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored all-volunteer rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Amy Greiner. She's the mother of Joshua Greiner, who is a non-speaking autistic writer and poet. And he recently had some lyrics featured on an album by Brian Laidlaw called Silently Loud. There was a concert here in Tucson last Sunday, and we wanted to get her impressions of how things went. Today is February 5th, 2023. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. We shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to the University of Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your iPhone or Android by using our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. You can interact with us on the show here by going to Facebook and Instagram. If you want more information about what we do, our book, our past episodes, or just want to contact us, head over to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. And of course, you can listen to the podcast on many different platforms like Spotify, iTunes, and simply asking your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. Well, today we've got another special show with Amy Greiner. She's the mother of Joshua Greiner. And for the last, uh, about two weeks ago, we had a, um, a duo on Brian Laidlaw, who's a musician out of Utah, and Tyler Meyer, of the director at the Poetry Center here in Tucson. They were combining forces to bring Brian to Tucson for his concert of an album he recently released called Silently Loud. And that album is made up of music written by Brian to accompany lyrics written by non-speaking autistic writers. Two of them were here in Tucson, Alton uh, Grubbs and Joshua Greiner. They both were in attendance. There was a little Q&A, and it was a very enlightening experience for myself. And I think a lot of the people in attendance were blown away with the depth of the lyrics that were written. So I wanted to catch up with Joshua's mom, Amy, see what she thought, what Joshua thought, and kind of where all this might lead. So we have uh, Amy Greiner, the mother of now, um, I guess, rock star Joshua Greiner. Uh, we, uh, we talked to Brian Laidlaw a couple of weeks ago and Tyler Meyer from the University of Arizona Poetry Center about this concert uh, from Brian's album, Silently Loud, which will be available for streaming soon. And he wrote the music to accompany the lyrics that were all created by non-speaking um, uh, individuals with autism and who are also prolific writers. And um, that concert was just amazing, Amy. I hope I hope you kind of felt the same way. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, it was so exciting. So exciting to see um, non-speaking autistic voices be celebrated, you know, and um, to see their strengths. And my son, who was one of the ones... Um, whose words were shared was, he was just so excited. He was so excited. Um, when you saw him, Tom, he was just walking around doing a lot of yelling because he was excited. Um, so yeah, it was a great event. And he's, he's heard these songs before, but he's never, this is the first time they were done in, in, in a public setting, correct? Yeah, that's right. And he had, I don't think he had heard all of them. He had heard several of them. Um, he had heard his, he had heard, um, the one of Alton's that was shared and he had heard the one of Danny Witty's that was shared. He knows both of them um, 
personally and socially. But um, there was a few that, that he hadn't heard. There's several that I hadn't heard. Um, so it was fun to hear them all together. And, and, you know, based upon the, I mean, it was a very welcoming audience. And, and I think not just because of the, the, the writers themselves, but the, the music was, was the, the words and the lyrics were really strong and really powerful. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, people think that they're going to be kind of childish lyrics or something for some reason. But I mean, these, yeah, these are very, you know, my son um, is a very accomplished poet. He's had a couple poetry readings here in Tucson and um, and other places. And um, yeah, his words and Alton's words and all of the writers, I mean, they have very rich interior lives and have been working on poetry writing and other forms of creative expression for a long time. And um, yeah, I think there's just some um, really amazing, you know, lyrics and material in there and it just really ran the full gamut, you know, from, um, you know, really kind of love songs and soft and gentle to really like rockin' and that one about the um, space disaster, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Saturn, Saturn Rocket 5, You Are Doomed. That yes. was so, so cleverly written. I got to hear that one again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that album coming out so I can to, to get a chance to revisit some of those songs. There were a lot of energy in those. Yeah, and, too. and I have to say that when, when I first asked you to come on and do this interview, my thought was going to be about this concert and what this concert meant for Joshua and others. Um, but I have to, I have to say somewhat embarrassingly, I learned so much yesterday about uh, autism and, and where we are now versus where we may have been when, when I first understood what autism even was yeah. and, and the, the, you had, as I, as you walked in, there were slides of a organization, which we'll talk about t- uh, today from your Teva community. There were slides and it had pictures and words from uh, these, these non-speaking individuals. And there was such a similarity between what they said on the screen, what a lot of these lyrics referred to, and kind of what you had just alluded to with this 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 inner journey and the being able to for really the first time express this inner uh, journey uh, to an out, outside audience and, and that that was that was just amazingly impactful and life changing for for each one of those individuals. Yeah, I mean it's really huge. I mean we're really on the kind of a whole new wave of a real new understanding of autism, especially when it comes to non-speaking autistic people, you know, um, up until really recently, they've been assumed to, to, um, you know, not have, not understand things because their body can't show that it understands things. And um, they've been assumed to lack empathy, you know, to not have any emotions and, um, you know, and really thankfully now that some of these methods are coming out and they can, communicate their thoughts fully, they, um, you know, we're, we're showing that, you know, nothing be further from the truth. You know, if anything, my son is more empathetic than, um, than anyone I know, you know, he has kind of hyper empathy, um, which makes it difficult for him because he feels a lot of emotions that are from other people. And, um, he's just very sensitive and, and tuned into that. And I think a lot of the lyrics also showed a, a really high level of attention to detail that many of us going about our, our daily lives don't necessarily um, really fully understand. And, and there was one song that talked about, you know, a leaf floating like Noah's Ark. And I can yes. <clears throat> immediately get that imagery and everything that he talked about in that song 
um, or I think it was a she that talked about that in that song. It was so powerful of how simple things and you know another lyric that I love that was the song about little things that ended talking about all those things actually being great things not not little things that we we, right. we call them little things but they truly are great things yeah so, yeah that was Alton's song and that one was really powerful and I think I see that with a lot of them you know it's really kind of this crystallized vision and you know with with my son even though he can communicate now it's a very you know slow laborious process where there's a letter board and he points to each letter individually and he has to really focus his eyes and get his whole body, you know, able to do this. So it's, um, it takes a lot of work. Um, and so I think, you know, I think a lot of the times if, you know, if I could only speak one paragraph a day, you know, what would I say? You know, it would probably be something pretty important. You know, it'd be something I would have thought out a lot. Um, so I think that, um, Definitely, that is something to it. Yeah, definitely an efficiency and a succinctness of, of getting that message across because you don't have the luxury of just talking until it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, right, yeah. The, you know, the, the I think one of the interesting things for me too is the question and answer at the end. So after the performance, there were some questions that had been given in advance to uh, Joshua and Alton, who were the two Tucson uh, riders who were both in attendance and, and very thoughtful responses to each of those questions. But even as, uh, you know, I had spontaneous questions that came through and I happened to be sitting right behind you and, and, and Joshua as you were going through and I can see the, the amount of time and energy to create a, a single sentence, not, not only yeah. him having to, to, to point and create it, but you also having to understand it, interpret it, and, and I guess sometimes figure out, you know, where the, where the breaks are in the words. But to, can you tell us a little bit about this? Because this is fairly new, this spelling. Um, it's it's within the last ten years, right? Yeah, um, something like that. It's um, it's called rapid prompting method. Is the way that Joshua learned, otherwise known as RPM. Um, there's also something called spelling to communicate, um, which uses an S and a number two and a a C, which are um, basically spelling methods that kind of slow the body down because a lot of times their minds can just be going, you know, a million miles a minute and, um, slows the body down really focuses on a high in intellect type of lesson or, you know, something that you're gathering. So if you're just asking them to, you know, spell the word red, you know, it's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, it's not going to be worth it for them to do that. But if you are talking about a lesson about something that, you know, they're interested in, and then you're asking them questions based on that, that's kind of how the whole, um, system of, of teaching these methods works. And it's a, it takes a long process. Some people get it, you know, pick it up really quickly, depending on how their, um, motor system, their motor, motor planning abilities that they have others. Um, it can take a long time, um, because so many different aspects go into being able to communicate in, in this way. You know, you have to really control your, your fine motor. You have to control your, um, large motor, you know, to be able to sit in a chair, you have to control your eyes. Um, all these things are, um, quite a challenge for Joshua. So, um, yeah. So sometimes when he's pointing at letters and spelling, sometimes he, he needs to be reminded, okay, touch the space bar, you know, between words. Um, so you can, you know, kind of see where, where it breaks down. Um, or sometimes he might, you know, touch a wrong letter at one point and, you know, you kind of need to backtrack and be like, okay, let's really focus and, you know, stay on that. So there's a lot of kind of coaching the body in terms of, you know, helping them stay calm, you know, helping them stay regulated, um, so that they can get out the points that they want to say. Well, and with any, anything that, uh, is evolving like this, the support, not just for 
uh, for Joshua and, and, and the non-speaking individuals, for the families, uh, the caregivers, those that are uh, providing um, that, that support, they need to understand this process too. Yeah, it's it's a big you know learning curve, and it, and it still is for me. And Josh Josh really started when he was thirteen, starting the spelling methods. Um, when he was eighteen, um, as he has said, he he saw someone doing it with some support. Um, this person was kind of pushing back on the forearm or the wrist, and so when he was eighteen, we added that element in there, and um, and so that's what you actually saw us doing, and um, that really helps him. That's all he wants to do now. That helps him to stay focused, and um, he gets more a lot more language out. But um, yeah, it it was, and now he's twenty one, um, and he's doing amazing. So it just it takes a lot of uh, takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of continuous education for myself too. Like he does a lot of one thing that's kind of hard for me to still wrap my mind around is he does a lot of yelling, which you saw. Um, you know, when he gets excited, he yells. And it sounds like when he yells, it sounds to me, I still feel like that he must be upset or he must be hungry or he must, you know, maybe someone hurt his feelings or maybe, you know, he's uncomfortable or nervous. Um, but when he's able to tell me, I would say nine times out of 10, it's that he's excited about something. And so, you know, we might be taking him out to, you know, a park. And if he starts yelling, we used to think, oh, he hates this. We should go back home, you know, when really he was just excited about it. And so he's able to communicate that to us now. We're in the middle of our interview with Amy Griner, mother of Joshua Griner, who was recently featured on Brian Laidlaw's album, Silently Loud, with lyrics by Joshua and other non-speaking autistic writers. We'll be back to that in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. And we're back. That was pretty fast. We've got Amy Griner here. We're going to get into the second half of the interview and talk a little bit about what life was like for Joshua and Amy and their family prior to uh, some of the methods that they've been using for Josh to communicate and dig more deeply into uh, support groups and communities that are out there that you might want to support or learn more of yourself. I think he'd indicated that, and you know, until this method came out, he was trying so hard with YouTube videos or toys or doing yes. doing things to try to communicate. So he's always had this. I mean, it, I can only imagine his frustration of trying to get these across. And from an outward perspective, yeah. we're just it's we're just not even seeing it. Yeah, I think it's impossible to even think about and. Um, he, one of the questions that was posed to them, which he chose not to answer because he said it was too painful, was what was your life like before you could communicate? And um, and I know that's something that is just, you know, very upsetting for him because um, you think about it, he was 13 before we really, because all the, the doctors and therapists were telling us that he just didn't understand. And we kept thinking, you know, I feel like he does because every once in a while he would come up with something on his, um, he had different communication systems and um 
one time we had this little dog that had died. We hadn't even had the dog that long, but um, uh, only a couple of weeks and this little chihuahua got out and probably ran into a pack of coyotes or something. But um, we were creating some posters, his brother and I, for the Dia de los Muertos celebrations. And um, Josh, of course, saw us and, and heard us talking about it. He was probably about 11. And um, he went to his communication device and put spot, sad, love. And um, usually his communication device, he would only ask for pretzels or, you know, every once in a while something would come out, which he has since said that, you know, that he found that system really confusing and didn't work the way his brain works. Um, but just the fact that he would every once in a while come up with something like that, where like something is going on in there, you know, we know that he's in there and we just need to find a better system that, you know, works with how his brain works. And so now he has said, you know, how much, you know, how much better it is now that he can spell versus all the many different systems we tried, you know, including sign language and, um, PECS communication, which is little picture cards that you hand someone and, um, all this different communication. And it seems like spelling is, this method is the one that resonates with how his brain uh, works. I think Brian, uh, um, called it a neurodivergence, but just right. Yeah. His Neurodivergent brain. brain. Yeah. His brain is working in a way that the, the, the texting or the, the key, you know, the, all of these different functions, they, they communicate, but not in a way that was, was capable. He was capable of expressing himself in the way he's been able to in the last eight years with, with right. the pictures. Well, and really all those other systems were really based on requests. So yeah, he could find, you know, he could ask for pretzels. He could ask for his favorite videos. You know, he could ask that those buttons were there and, and it had other buttons, you know, like you could go to the pronouns, I, go to the verbs, want, you know. Um, it was very complicated. And I mean, you think about, I don't know how I would have a conversation with that. It'd right. be impossible, you know, right. um, it versus just, you know, having a letter board and typing out what you want. And especially being a poet, you know, as he is now. I mean, imagine trying to write a poem on something like that, you know. It just, and as he said, you know, the words he wanted weren't there. Um, or it took longer to access them. So, yeah, it's really, it's so much easier in so many ways to use the letter board. And um, it's certainly much more, uh, you know, functional. And then, you know, once they learn how to do that, it's the same 26 letters, you know, mm -hmm. always the same. Well, the, the support group then, the support effort, you've taken this to a whole new level with a, um, a community up in, in Prescott that uh, called the Teva community. Can you tell us a little bit about this and, and, uh, and what people should know about it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm the executive director of Teva Community, um, and we're a small nonprofit organization. We're working on creating residential community as well as an educational retreat center for non-speaking autistic adults. It's up in Prescott, Arizona. It's um, 35 acres. It used to be a, um, it was a former summer camp that was abandoned, and we're now going through the process of um, renovating it and raising money to renovate it um, the part that has been existing is going to be this educational retreat center where we will have events um, like a songwriting workshop, which we had one last year um, with great um, results. We don't have running water up there yet. We don't have electricity yet um, because it needs so much work. But um, we still had seven families there. Um, all of the students worked one-on-one -on -one with Brian and created their own song and um, also worked on a couple collaborative songs. 
This, this isn't just for, I mean, this is for the, like you said, the families are there. They're all participating in this process. Right. Yep. It, the families are there too. And we have um, six camps that we're planning in 2023. One of them is going to be again up at Teva. There's four that we're sponsoring in Idlewild Pines, California at a camp. Um, the, the owners who have that camp have a daughter who is a non-speaking speller also. And so they're really interested in doing these. Um, so we have four that are going to be there. And then we're going to have a, a surfing boating spelling camp in San Diego. That's going to be a lot of fun. But um, mm. the need is huge because um, I don't know if you know, but, you know, there's there's lots of services for like five and under um, autistic people. But there's not, you know, once they get to be teenagers or adults, there's really very little and very little funding. So um, when we announced that we were having these four um it's it's a each one is a three-day workshop of all different activities there's activities for the siblings activities for the parents there's respite for the parents there's lots of spelling opportunities and just fun engagement with peers for the autistic individuals um we had 48 spots for these four different events through the year and they it filled up within 48 hours so from all over the country people i mean there's just like so much demand for it um because it is relatively new and people, um, you know, that, that have been doing it with their, I say kids, but, you know, a lot of them are adults, um, you know, really want to have opportunities for um, them to hang out with peers and just get those fun opportunities. Well, and how, how can people find out more information about the community or, or support if they, if they would like to? Yeah, well, we would love it. Um, the website is tevacommunity.org. It's T-E-V-A tevacommunity.org um, and there's some information on there and um, if anyone wants to email they can email me directly the, the info at tevacommunity.org goes to me okay so and, well, and do you have uh, like Facebook or uh, social media yes we're on um, Facebook also and Instagram too okay and we'll link to those from, from our page and and before we go though I, I you know I was listening to Joshua's songs and a lot of themes of trust and love. So I have to ask, um, cause this, this kind of came up before, but can you tell me a little bit about Sophia? Oh yeah. So, um, Sophia is Joshua's girlfriend. Um, they have been, I guess dating is what you, it's in a long distance relationship because she lives in Virginia. And we live here in um, Tucson, but, um, they met some great things happened from the pandemic. Um, you know, I mean, it was a terrible time, but there were some some positive notes, especially for the non-speaking community and lots of different Zooms and different classes and different social groups. And so um, Josh met Sophia in um, a couple of those groups. They both especially love poetry. They both especially love trees. And so they had really bonded. And one thing of being a non-speaking autistic poet is they can woo someone like nobody else. So he sent her all, you know, these love poems and love songs and um you know and she um you know responded in kind and they got to meet each other um for the first time not this summer but the last summer and and then we went back this summer too so um they just have a very special relationship well i appreciate you sharing that his songs were were just filled with with themes of of um of, yeah. of love and, and, and of trust. And, and I think that's probably a family as well as, as, uh, his girlfriend, Sophia. Well, Amy, thank yeah. you. For, thank you for spending some time with us today. And, and, and 
barely scratching the surface here, but definitely want to do a little more research. It's Amy Greiner. She's the executive director of Teva Community, which is online at tevacommunity.org. Also the mother of Joshua Greiner, who was recently featured in a concert here in Tucson at the Poetry Center and whose song will be... Uh, songs are uh, performed by Brian Laidlaw, and that album, Silently Loud, should be available for streaming, I understand, within the next couple of weeks. Yep, sounds like it. Well, uh, thank you so much, Tom. That was Amy Greiner, mother of Joshua Greiner, who was a lyricist sp- featured on Brian Laidlaw's recently released album, Silently Loud, and it is available for download now through Spotify. So we'll exit today a little later with uh, Joshua's song. But first, I want to remind you that my name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and streaming on downtownradio.org. This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. BK number 0902429. Equal housing opportunity. What a way to start February off with Amy Greiner talking about her son Joshua and others who came together to create an album called Silently Loud, featuring music with Brian Laidlaw and lyrics from non-speaking writers with autism that span the United States. Um, Really, really inspirational work and appreciate what she's doing with the Teva community. And also uh, want a a huge shout out to Tyler Meyer at the Arizona Poetry Center for bringing Brian to Tucson so he could share the live concert with um, Alton Grubbs and uh, Joshua in attendance. They did that Q&A, which was was also very, very powerful uh, to hear their stories. Or if there's stories that you want to hear and we're not sharing them, you got to tell us. You can do that on Instagram, Facebook. You can head over to our, our webpage. But we have to know those hidden gems or we can't broadcast them. So please reach out and let us know what we can share about how amazing Tucson is. And as promised a few minutes ago, we, uh, we found that the album Silently Loud is available on Spotify. So we're going to leave you with a song from uh, Brian Laidlaw with the lyrics by Joshua Greiner. The song is called Love That's Real. Just released here in 2023. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.